Welcome back to the Faith Friday podcast. I'm Jordan Summers. I'm your host. And today I'm sitting here with communications professor Chris Gates. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Long time listener, first time caller. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. Long time talker. Really, this is I've, I've only listened a couple times. Don't judge me. It's okay. There's you're possibly doing better than a lot of the students. <laughs> I don't want to judge. And for the ones that are, you know, listening right now, thank you for proving me wrong. Oh, hey, hey, yeah. <laughs> thank you for Stepping it up a notch. No problem, no problem. So, you are here at Central. I am. I have been. Kind of got stuck. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, there's a couple towns that you... Yeah, small towns you just kind of tend to get stuck in. I know, right? Right. <laughs> um, wh- so, are you from Kansas? Are you no. from Central? So, where uh, are you from? I'm from uh, a little town called Chillicothe, Missouri. That's in what Missouri. Saying. Yeah, Chillicothe. It's like Indian for land of the big canoes or something. Uh, because there's a bunch of rivers that come together. Like if you find a, a town called Chillicothe, you'll you probably find it around rivers. Um, it's Indian term. But yeah, we have a bunch of rivers there. And um, oh, we have a claim to fame. The man who invented the modern bread slicing machine is from Chillicothe. So we are literally the home of sliced bread. Okay, okay, okay. We have so, a mural to prove it. Okay, but do you have a coffee shop that's like chillin' coffee? Um, you, There's a coffee... Well, I don't think it's called chillin' coffee. I'm trying to remember what it's called, but there's a coffee shop kind of downtown that's supposed to be like cool happening. Yeah. But I, I, that it came after I left. Okay, just with that kind of name, it the just it just fits... Cool, chill fits coffee houses weren't like cool in the, like the 90s, like uh, in yeah. downtown Missouri. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. I mean, they're still not... They're still probably not cool in downtown Missouri. Yeah, no. Well, and we're, we're, I mean, we're just under under 10 or right around 10,000 people in the north central part of the state. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I lived in Springfield, Missouri for a year. I lived there for a while myself. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I was there for a year. My nickname for that place is Sketchfield, Missouri, because that is the (gasps) sketchiest town I've ever lived in. I loved it. I truly loved it. (laughs) I like like Springfield. I always have. Did you ever go to Hertz? Uh, Hertz Donuts. Yeah. There wasn't one when I was there. Really? I was there in the uh, 2002, okay. 2001, somewhere in there. I don't remember. It was a while back. Um, I worked at a place called Churchill's, which was a coffee place. Okay. And yeah. then I worked at Toys R Us for a while. Coolest job ever. You get to, you get paid to play with toys, basically, to make them look cool for other kids. That's the dream. Yeah, I know. It was rough. It was rough. <laughs> um, well, like we, It was like Christmas season, so we'd like drive around these little remote control cars and ride the scooters down the aisles. Okay. Yeah. So you're in Missouri. How'd you get to How'd you get to Kansas and to Central? Oh, you know, it was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't an accident. So, uh, you know, I grew up back home. I grew up non-religious. Hmm. I, I kind of grew up around people of faith, but not in the faith. And so, uh, we had a group of friends. We kind of grew in high school, which is like uncommon. A lot of friend groups kind of fractured at least at our school mm-hmm. and we were, I mean, we called ourselves the freaks i mean <laughs> we and even with like the backward letters and the different things like that because we put out our own newspaper um underground newspaper we got in trouble for eventually um but uh i say we a couple of my buddies are the ones who really did it but there was a bunch of us to help promote it and then eventually the, the i say the company you know because it became a brand right uh grew <laughs> and freshman year of college I joined with two of the others to do a theater company, um, Freaks Productions, and we we traveled around doing theater in different communities, and they would pay us to come in and do performances of complete work-style pieces. 
Uh, and so we did that for about a year and a half, which was super fun. It was kind of an extension of that. Mm-hmm. We held alternative parties for like New Year's and, and different big drinking event type parties. We'd hold alternative parties, not necessarily because we were trying to go a Christian route. We were just trying to give an alternative so you didn't have to go out and participate in that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I, I mean, I kind of grew up in that group of friends and I had some who were religious, some who weren't, some who went to church on a regular basis, some who told atheists. Um, and so I grew up around that crowd. My parents are not, I mean, my mom is religious, but she didn't go to church. My grandmother is one of those like insanely like uber religious people who sees angels everywhere. And mm-hmm. no, no, I mean, if, if that's you, I'm not judging. I'm just saying my grandmother was like intense. Um, intense. And then I dated a girl or two who was, you know, like one of them is a pastor now. So like I had experience with it, but not really. Yeah. Um, I, I attended like a youth group with a friend a couple of times because he asked me to go, but that was about it. Yeah. I helped build a VBS like um, set once, I think. And, you know, but that was like, hey, yeah. I'll help build the set, but I'm good. Um, and so I was going to college at this. Uh, I got free college at this place called North Central Missouri College, which was about 20, 25 minutes north of us. So a bunch of us carpooled on like Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, but I had a Tuesday, Thursday class. So I would drive and I would just kind of scroll through the radio stations and um, there was uh, a Christian radio station that went up in our town around that time. And so uh, I heard the music a couple times and, and I heard some discussions and I remember thinking at the time going, there's, there's something here I'm missing. You know, I've got, I've got Christian friends. I have family members who go to church there's something there I'm not I'm not tracking on. There's something I feel like I'm missing out on. Mm-hmm. I want to figure out what that's about. So I'm a freshman in college, and I, I sat back and I go, I'm gonna figure this out. I'm just curious. And so I, I went into the local pastor who I you know I'd gone to my with my one friend Brandon to a couple of uh, youth groups occasionally in in, yeah. in in high school. But the kids who were in those youth groups were the the kids who I would say were the uh, out drinking hardcore on Saturday nights, but wearing mm. sunglasses and trying to cover up the hangover on Sunday. So I didn't have like high respect yeah. uh, for that concept because we were, while my group did the alternative parties, we were a group that you could smoke or drink if you wanted, but just not around the group. We didn't participate in that kind of stuff. So if you wanted to go do it, fine, go elsewhere, but not around the group. Yeah. Uh, and so I saw a lot of Christians as hypocrites at my high school. Mm. So I didn't want anything to do with it, but I get to college and I'm going, Hmm, there's something there that other people have. I gotta figure it out. So I went and I talked to the youth pastor and he was like, so, uh, you know, who encouraged you to come in? Who you been talking to? Nobody. And that threw him for a loop. He didn't understand. He's like, no, you, you've had to been talking. No. So I start telling my story. And I'm like, so I just, I feel like I'm missing out on something. And I want to figure out what it is. He was like, oh, okay. And so we set up times and I would come in because I'm a college kid. They didn't really have college ministries there. Yeah. I mean, they would do a college mission trip over the summer and stuff like that. But so uh, we set up like a time where I'd come in once a week, twice a week, and we just have conversations and I'd be reading the Bible and we'd kind of like Bible studies together. And that went on throughout this like late fall or I started maybe in the early spring. I can't quite remember. I did the summer mission trip uh, with him that summer with the college kids. It was really cool. Had a lot of fun. Um, and then the, the fall started, second semester, col- or third semester of college. And I'm I'm just growing, I'm growing, and I get a, a ways into the fall semester, and, and he goes, I, I don't know how to help you. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> You're the pastor, I come, we talk, we study. Now what we do? He's like, well, we don't really have programs for people who are growing really fast at our church. 
you know, we, we have these <laughs> Sunday, Sunday morning programs, but like people are really like just reading voraciously and they want to be engaged and we don't have, we, I don't know what to do with you. And I was like, I remember thinking, wow, this is not the place for me. I mean, I liked the guy, I respected him and I liked the church, but I remember going, wow, that's, I did went against my concept of what ministry was. And he wanted to help. He wanted to, you know, Hey, you know, what can I do for you? But I just don't know what to do for you. And in my head, when we had that conversation, I was like, well, this is not the place for me. I need to find a place that can. Mm. So to rewind, then we're in the fall. If we rewind to the spring, I had, you know, as a part of my friend group from high school into college, uh, there was a set of twins, right? Aaron and Amanda. Uh, I don't know about your experience with twins, but from my high school, if you were a twin, your initials had to be the same. And like in my grade alone, I graduated with like 165. I think we had like six plus sets of twins. Mm-hmm. Like there was just like something in the water that year. There were tons of twins. <laughs> All their initials were the same. Right. So Aaron was out here at Central studying to be a pastor and his twin, Amanda, who I was good friends with, was going to NCMC with me and, and, the, and the guys. And um, she had a whole bunch of friends who were female that, you know, they hung out together. And when high school ended, they like split for college. And mm-hmm. so I'd gone to the guys and I was like, hey, guys, Amanda doesn't have any friends in the area. I said, can we just make her one of the guys? And they're like, yeah, sure. She'll be one of the guys. So she'd come over. And she just was one of the guys. Well, she wanted to come visit her brother for her birthday. Because it was their, you know, shared yeah. birthday. They'd always had their birthdays together. But her mom didn't trust her to drive that far alone. So I was like, I'll drive you out. I don't care. And so April sometime, I drove her out. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I saw the school for the first time, I think it was. And so I got to see some people. I got to meet some people and just kind of hang out. But nothing really big. Yeah. And then in the fall, there was a group um, called Wings of the Wind. One of the old music professors, Sylvia Wolcott, was the leader of this group. And Aaron was in it. And it was like a Celtic style group that sang uh, music. And I love Celtic stuff and Celtic music and groups like that. And so we're they, doing we're doing a couple um Irish kind of Celtic pieces in uh, choir right now. They're they're it. my favorite choir songs we're doing mm. by far. I, I recently found out that um like sea shanties are making a comeback on uh, yeah. <laughs> on uh That is the funniest thing to me. What, it's, what's it's, it what is it uh uh, TikTok is that what it is or what? Uh, well, I think it's I think it like blew up on TikTok, but there's a lot of it on YouTube as well. Oh yeah, no. So this is blowing up, and I just recently read an article. I'm not on any of those, but I read an article, and I went and started listening, and I'm in love with the fact that this stuff is coming back because I never knew it went away. But that's true. <laughs> so um, Wings of the Wind is performing at the church in my hometown around this time when I'm going. I need to find a place where there's place for me or I can grow. And so I go and I witness this group and, you know, it was kind of interesting. They were there and they had a bit of a behind the scenes crisis with their group where some tensions rose. And I remember stepping in because I was, I mean, I performed magic professionally at this point in time. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 you know, I was doing 75, 80 shows a year. And so I always had cards or you can like, you know, grab a couple slices of paper and, and slice of sheets of paper and have an impromptu performance. It was just something I would do regularly. And so while they were having a, come to Jesus discussion behind the scenes. It seemed like I stepped up and took center stage and just cause it was some kind of not a VBS, but it was kind of like that for the kids. So I'm entertaining all the kids. They get their stuff together. They come up and perform. And afterwards I talked with Sylvia and I love Sylvia. She's fantastic. Her husband, Robert, who was head of uh, Dr. Wolcott was head of the ministry and theology department. And he eventually married me and my wife. Um, so it was kind of cool. 
But I got to talking with her and I just thought, you know what? I, I'm going to go preview for kicks. So I came on a preview day kind of by myself. Um, just did kind of my own thing, but not really. I mean, I set in on some classes, but it wasn't like some big preview weekend by any means. Yeah. It was just, I had a weekend free. They were like, yeah, cool. Do a preview. So I show up, I hang out with Aaron, I get to know a bunch of the other kids. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take a semester off from college and go to college, which was kind of, that's literally how I phrased it. Uh, I like told my dad, uh, I said, you know what? I finished my AA in a year and a half at the community college. I have a semester where I can play. I'm I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to Central and just take some Bible classes, and he told me he goes uh, I think you're wasting your time. I think you should just go to SMS, which is just in Springfield where I wanted to go all my life, uh, or as far back as I could remember. He says I think that's where you're supposed to go. I said eh, I'm gonna go play and take some I'm gonna go learn some Bible stuff, and uh, so they were very supportive. I mean, my dad thought it was a waste of time, but he's also super super supportive because I understand mm-hmm. if that's what you want to do, go for it. So I came out here and took a ministry. Basically, I was like, you know, send it for a major, but yeah. I just took one semester of all Bible. So I had classes with Dr. Wolcott, with Larry Anderson, some others, um, and did my semester off. As I said, my my semester break, and then you know, everyone's like, oh, you get sucked in. I'm like, well, you know, I did my semester. I studied Bible. I'm gonna go back to SMS now. I'm gonna go to SMS. So I headed to SMS. And I got there and and I was a week in or two and I realized that that was not where I was supposed to be, Mm. that this was where I was supposed to be. And so I, what did did that look like for you? Like what what you said, not supposed to be. So like, what was kind of the sense that you were getting? Like, like what what were kind of some of the markers? Can you elaborate a little bit? You want me to elaborate on something from, (laughs) from the fall of Oh (laughs) two. So what did that look like for me? Um, well, I got down there and I realized like after the first day of classes that being an arts major, you had to have four consecutive semesters of a foreign language. Hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. So I go to sign up for a foreign language after the first day of classes. Well, what happens at this point in time? It's a massive university. Everything fills up fast. I have four semesters of college left and I need to get, Whatever's open and take four semesters of it. The only thing open at that point in time was classical Greek. If I'd stayed here that semester, I'd been in biblical Greek, which is a little newer. Um, so if you can understand classical Greek, totally fine in biblical Greek. I mean, it's easier, way easier. <laughs> and so I end up in classical Greek. So that was like maybe the first thing that like kind of tips me off that, oh, wait a minute, we're going to go ahead and God's going to put you in the class you should have been taking anyway. So I'm taking all my bi- or all of my theater courses that I normally signed up for, and I end up having to take biblical Greek. So I'm like, cool. So I really start enjoying my biblical Greek. It's kicking my butt, but I'm enjoying it. And, you know, I just kept coming in contact with a couple different people where different things would happen. And I realized that while I'd always loved the theater, and that's what I really wanted to teach, I decided in high school I wanted to teach theater. And SMS is the place for it if you want to learn that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm that that wasn't what I was being called to do mm. that I was being told um, or I, w- I was, I, I was being led towards a different path. You know, mm. it, it started in, in theater and communications and I, I felt just in my heart I'm reading my Bible and I'm doing stuff. I'm talking to my um, girlfriend, wife who will become my wife very soon um, at that point in time. Cause we were engaged 
And I just felt like, no, that was, this wasn't, I missed the mark. I wasn't supposed to leave. I left because I wanted to, because I wanted to go to SMS. That was my plan. And so when I left here, I'm like, well, okay, I did my thing. I took a semester off to take Bible courses. Now I'm going to do what I wanted to do. It was very much a selfish thing. I, I struggle with that. I'm, I'm a selfish person. I'll admit it. I'm a horribly selfish person. And so I, I end up at SMS and it just, it felt wrong. Like I'm making friends, I'm fitting in, I'm doing well in my classes. I just realized that it was very liberal and very um, theater, which is fine. But that was not the path I was set upon. Mm. So I made the decision after semester to return that following spring or interterm spring. I don't remember if I started an interterm or not. I don't think I took an interterm class that year. I think I came just back. Me and my wife got married in December. I set out in January and I started classes in February. And I took January to look over the first semester of biblical Greek and memorize the words to make sure I'd be fine transitioning into biblical Greek two here. Yeah. And allow me to transition to the class I should have been taking all along. Everything worked out perfectly. But it was it was kind of an interesting moment where all of a sudden I was like, crap, I did it wrong. <laughs> I got to go back. So I did. And so you had, it, it, it just so happened that you, you had this moment where you're like, crap, I did it wrong. Yeah. But then you came back and it was just that kind of correction. It was almost as if there was no hiccups. It was just kind yeah, of yeah. It wasn't a hiccup. I got into the Greek class I needed because I'd already taken classical, and at that point in time, the classical class I took was way, way, way more in depth than the biblical. Yeah. So like, I felt like slipping in Greek too for me here was like I was worried, and mm-hmm. I got in there I was like, <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. Um, you know, because it, it, it like if I was going to the details of how different it was, it would be interesting from my perspective, but. Probably not other people's because that's kind of a nerd thing. But uh, no, everything just transitioned perfectly and fit back in. And as I had called and, and talked to him, I found out that they were in the process of approving uh, a two-year or a four-year communications major here. And so I had enough credits to where if I did it right, I could double major in uh, ministry and theology and in communications. And the communications degree would the first year you would be able to graduate with it would be the year I would be graduating. So it was like the first to finish the program. Wow. Yeah. It was perfect. So it, it did fit, fit really well. It fit really well. So uh, it felt like everything opened up and I was like, oh, wow, I can do both. I mean, because I felt like I was supposed to teach theater and communications. But at this point in time, I feel like I was getting, no, I want you to follow this ministry path and and, and do as I say mm-hmm. or do as I'm leading. And I was like, OK, cool. You know, I'll go down that path and um and then he said, okay, well, you can do both. It was what I felt because yeah. I felt like, okay, I, you know, I made the commitment to do that. And in the process, I found out, oh, wait a minute. Also, hey, there's this other program you could do too. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'll do both. Well, and so I started down that path of doing both uh, with the assumption that I was going to become a pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously I did not, <laughs> uh, but that was the assumption. That's what I was working towards. You know, I started starting doing the local ministerial candidacy, yeah. finishing up those, preparing for the conference ministerial candidacy. Uh, I took all the classes I needed to and basically had met the requirements other than you have to be in the conference for so long. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, I mean, I started working towards that path with that as the assumption, just doing the communications because it was available. And I felt like it was like, yes, do both. So you are you, you really 
feel like you're supposed to be a pastor at this point. You get this opportunity to also double major with communications. Yeah. And now you're the communications professor I, at the school that you were studying <laughs> communications at. So how did how that transition? Was that like how right out of transition? the gate or how did that? Mm. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, right out of the gate. Um, so, you know, it was quite interesting. I was just doing both. And I realized, like, let me also confirm the fact that I did not finish the double major. I finished mm-hmm. a communications major and I was one class shy of the double in ministry and theology. Mm-hmm. So my senior year, second senior year, because I really went five because I was doing a double and it just it worked out way to do five. So my senior year, last semester, I get into children's ministry. And if anyone knows me, um, it's always kind of ironic when I say I, I'm not good with kids. I don't like kids because they're like, you have six. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly OK with my kids. They, they drive me nuts some days, but I love them. But I'm not good with other people's kids. Like in small doses, I'm fine. But like, I'm not great with kids. And so I set in on this class. It was a new teacher. She had just finished her master's, but she's like pushing 50. So she'd been out of school for like decades, gone back. And I look at the syllabi, look at all the requirements. It's a a night class that meets once a week. And in my head, I was like, this is master's level work that you're asking. You know, I've been in college for five years. I've taken a ton three and 400 level classes. And I look at this, this, and I'm like, you, you don't have, you don't remember bachelor's level work because you've been out for so long. Then you did a master's. And so you have massive numbers of hours and assignments and all kinds of, and so for me, I was just like, I don't feel like that's right, but I was like, I'll do it. But then I was also, I'd been given the chance to direct the, the big production that year. Uh, I was acting in it, designing all of the stuff. And Mm so, um, we meet Monday, Tuesday, Thursday nights, and this is a a Monday night class. And so I go to her and I said, hey, you know, this class starts at 6 and ends at 9. Could I come from 6 to 7? And we have a video camera. My friend will record from 7 to 9, and I'll watch back through the video and do everything. But I'm directing, and I have to be at the theater. And she says, nope, can't miss, no exceptions, no anything. She was very rigid, and I was like, okay. And so I knew you didn't have to have the full bachelor's. I had a minor with all the classes I need. I had all the classes I had to have for a conference level candidacy. I could go and get in. Uh, I could go work on my master's in ministry with the number of course credit I had. Yeah. And so I went to um, Dr. Wolcott and I said, dropping the major. I'm going to take a minor. I'm not taking that class. And he was like, what? I'm like, I'm, my decision is made. No. Um, <laughs> uh, no, we talked about it. And I was just like, no, I don't need children's ministry as the class. I don't feel like that doesn't work with, I just didn't feel right about it. And yeah. so he was like, I understand that's fine. And so I dropped the class and, um, started directing the piece that semester. And we went up in April and that was like when we'd, we'd go almost till end of May for classes. So we went up mid April and I had the director or the guy who directed the program, mm-hmm. Dr. Uh, not Dr. Uh, Roy Milam came to me after the production and says, you know, I think you should think about coming back and replacing me when I retire. He was like 75 at the time. Like he taught for another two years or a few more years. He was mid seven, early seventies. He retired, I think at like 77. So he was in his late seventies or mid blue. He was in his early seventies at the time. And he was like, I think you should go get a master's, come back and replace me. So yeah. I had a couple students who were in the production who said, you need to go get a degree and come back and replace Roy when he retires. So, okay. Dean of academics, who was Dr. Alexander at the time, 
uh, came and said, I think you should consider going in and agree and maybe coming back and replacing Mr. Milam. Okay. And the Dean of Students, Jerry Malone, told me the same thing. Now, when one person tells you something, you're like, oh, okay, it's that's like interesting. Other, yeah. But in when, when within one week, you hear it from two students, the head of the department, the Dean of Academics, and the Dean of Students, it's like, huh, it's April. I wonder if I can get into a program. And I applied, and within a few weeks, I was accepted into a program. <laughs> like, literally, I was accepted before graduation. And I was like, dang. When the door opens that fast with little effort, because I mean, I really didn't put a lot of effort into the application process. You know, I, I wrote the whatever I was supposed to write. I submitted the papers and they were just like, yeah, you're good. Welcome. And I'm like, OK, door opened, noted. So I headed to uh, Manhattan, uh, K-State to work on my master's and transferred into a church there, still kind of doing ministry with the intent to still continue along the path of the conference ministerial candidacy. Um, and that eventually I realized that that was not the path. I felt like God had said, I have a path for you. I want you to follow it because I'm, I'm a selfish person, right? I'm not great at obedience all the time. Like I'm better now than I used to be, mm-hmm. but you know, someone like, Oh, I think you should do this. Well, that's nice. So I really want to do that. Right. So for me, I realized at some point in there that it was, it was God working on me for obedience. And he said, I want you to go down this path. And I said, okay. Now, and at the same time, he said, you you can do this other path as well, but I want you on this path. So I wholeheartedly had sunk myself at that point in time into the idea that I'm going to be a pastor. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, a month before graduation, it was like, I felt like he was saying, good being obedient. I thank you for that or not. I thank you, but you know, like, you know, you, you have been obedient. You've done what I've asked. This is the path I want you on now. And I, I, I'm not saying it was to break me by any means because it wasn't a breaking process. It was a me learning to follow his, his commands Mm -hmm. and follow uh, the plan he had for me and accepting it versus fighting it because I did fight it a lot. I mean, even after I got here, there were times like, "Mm, maybe I should really leave and go back and I get applications back. I get letters from Southwest Missouri state and I'm like, Oh, you know, that is what I really wanted to do. But I kept throwing them away. And I felt like there came a point in time when he was like, you, yes, well done. You've been obedient. Now you follow the path and you're ready to do what I want you to do. But I needed you to be obedient first. And I mean, obviously, if I hadn't been obedient, things probably would have still worked out for me. I mean, but there was so so much more that came from that listening and saying, okay, no, that's if that's what you want. That's what I'm going to do. And throwing my heart into it. And once I, I, I followed his, his path, he said, okay, no, this is the real path. That's awesome. And that's, the doors are open. That's really, really cool. So when you, when you came, what I, what I've distinctly noticed is that you didn't give me this aha moment or anything about this is the day that I came to know Jesus as my Lord. And it was a process. It it, it was, it was that process, right? It was, Um, I I mean, I mean, I mean, I was more of a math science equation kind of person growing up. I wanted to be an accountant at one point in time. That was like my goal. And then Mm -hmm. I got to high school, like senior year, I took accounting and I was like, I don't think I want to do that. Um, (laughs) But so math numbers, science processes, that made sense. And so for me, um, coming to the Lord was also a process yeah. of, of, I feel like there's something there I need to, 
I need to delve in, seek it out, explore, do reading. I mean, I was reading all the time, Bible, Mm -hmm. um, attending church services, worship services, things like that, trying to discern the path. And, and I mean, I'm not going to say, I mean, I'm sure there was a date where all of a sudden where I was like, ah, yeah, it's clicking. Yeah. But, but there wasn't, there's not a memory date. It was just a slowly, but surely. Yeah. I I came to acceptance. Yeah. It's kind of a, like a long process of discovery. Yeah. Yeah. And And, I mean, everyone comes in a different, different route. Yeah. I was older and, and I felt like I approached it the way I approach a lot of things. And, you know, it was different from some people's stories. Yeah. So you you said you were doing magic professionally. Yeah. Yeah. About a decade. So you were doing magic for a decade professionally. Yeah. I would do, you know, I say 75 shows a year, but I mean, sometimes it was fewer. Sometimes it was more big competitions, Mm -hmm. stage illusions, big business parties. And that was before you'd went to college at all. Uh, yeah, I started doing that. Um, I started doing performances my sophomore year of high school. Grew my hair out long, um, grew long sideburns, would wear a three-piece suit, and looked the part of the 90s magician. Mm-hmm. And I started performing mm, sophomore year. And by senior year, I mean, I would easily... I'm You hit the heavy season, which is Christmas. So starting in November, I'd be picking up maybe 10 shows a month by the time I hit December I'd be doing 12 to 14 a month yeah um, per, I mean performances and I'm not talking about like kids birthday parties I don't like kids I told you that uh, I would be doing big business parties um, you know an average size party a small one and that is going to be like 50 to 100 larger parties typically were in the 300s so I mean you've got a lot of people there so people see you and they're like oh I really would love to have him come to my businesses party with this people I was doing festivals. Um, you know, there was the, the the Sumner Goose Festival every year. Don't get me started on that one. We had the Chautauqua and Shlokathi, uh parades, all kinds of everything. Because I was doing fire yeah. eating and stuff like that, too. And so, you, I mean, you just be hired to perform here and there all over the north part of Missouri. I got to go out and work nightclubs in New York City one summer. And so I went out with a bud for two weeks and we worked... Um, Worked some underground lounge session seventy three mm-hmm. some places like that and and it was it was a hoot it was fun uh, and so I got to explore I, I got involved in uh, the rings in Kansas City for magicians and was doing shows there with the International Brotherhood of Magicians and the Society of American Magicians and so we would do big performances like state shows and uh, I usually was uh, contracted to be the closer because I had a big state show with fire and smoke and stuff like that and and so yeah I was doing that in high school. Uh, performing pretty heavily and I'm making good money doing it. I mean, really, yeah. if you want to be a professional, move forward in that world, it wouldn't have been hard. Uh, and, and there's money to be had. Uh, it just, I didn't feel like that was my calling. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I had a mentor who was actually a pretty strong Christian. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that was another influence at, at one point in time. Yeah. Um, but I had a couple of mentors who really helped me grow in those areas and, and, and stage illusions. And so, so it was more by the end of that 10-year run when you started kind of thinking through things of faith, or was that... No, 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 no. That... The, the 10-year run, I mean, took me through college and master's work. Oh, okay. So as I, I was... See, I, see. I stopped performing kind of on... I mean, like, I performed heavily my junior year, my senior year, my freshman year, and sophomore year of college. 
by the time I got to my junior and senior year of college, uh, I wasn't doing the sheer volume of shows because I'd moved out here. Mm-hmm. So I'd be doing a few once I got out here, okay. but not in the higher volume. I'd say the higher volume lasted for about five years. Okay. Uh, so I started scaling back my last couple of years of college here. And then by the time I got into grad school, I was doing like a couple a year maybe mm-hmm. just because I was married. Sean was a baby and grad school is rough. And so I was taking, you know, decent loads trying to finish in two years. And um, then I got a job because I needed daily money. And so I was working 40 plus hours a week uh, at my job. And so Mm -hmm. I just do a random show every now and then people ask me to come perform back home or this or that. Yeah. Um, And so now, I mean, I just perform like emceeing bits or stuff like that or in the classroom doing fun stuff. Yeah. But not like it was. I mean, I was doing big stage shows. Right. So it, in that, so, so you, there was in that whole process, you were pro you had this process of learning your faith and kind of figuring that out. Yeah. And you were also, you know, you're, this is at the same time. So did your faith at any point kind of like start impacting, um, your shows or how you thought about magic or even how you thought about, um, how you thought about, uh, the theater and arts and that kind of well, I would I would argue the theater and the arts were influenced by my magic because I started doing magic before I started doing theater. Okay, I actually ended up in theater because I was performing magic. I um, I was performing magic one one morning, my um, junior year of high school, uh, before class started. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd been doing shows, and so I had a few things in my pocket. I mean, I'd, I'd be always doing stuff in between classes and whatnot. And my theater teacher walked through and I was producing some stuff and she goes, you, and this was like early in the semester. I like that. You're in the next play. I was like, I don't do theater. I know. She goes, no, I like that. You're in the next play. It's like, no, I, I mean, I perform magic. Yeah. And I, I might do some shows there, but I, I, I don't, I don't do theater. You're in the next play. And I was in the next play and the next play and the next play and the next play. But um, my understanding of theater is what or my understanding of magic is what fed my understanding of theater and okay. performance. Okay. So it was the other way around. Now, once I started getting involved in the church, mm-hmm. the church affected my magic in the fact that I joined the Fellowship of Christian Magicians okay. and started getting their publications, which explained um, some like gospel magic stuff. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, even when I was in high school and not, um, performing Christian stuff. Yeah. Uh, I had the pleasure of, you know, I'd go to Branson uh, and, and go to some conventions down there. And I was working for one guy, um, like not like professionally working for him, but he did, um, he would sell stuff. Like he was a dealer, magic dealer. Yeah. And so I would demo at his table and uh, you know, it, it helped me pay for, for stuff. And so I was demoing, demoing effects uh, at, at this convention, a uh, magic convention, uh, to help his booth sale stuff, sell stuff. And then when I wasn't doing that, I'd walk around and meet guys. And I met a couple of gospel magicians down there. Uh, Dwayne Fields was not Dwayne. Yeah. Dwayne Fields. No, Dwayne Laughlin. Dwayne Fields was my mentor. Dwayne Laughlin was the other uh, Christian magician. And I ended up picking up some of his books just because his performance was beautiful. And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, I really like how he works with effects. And so I had those and I had studied him for the effects, not necessarily the, the performance content as far as uh, the dialogue he would use. Right. So once I got into the church, I was like, oh, well, I have content. 
So I started pulling that content out and integrating some of it into shows. Um, I was occasionally asked to do a a demonstration piece at like a a church service. Mm -hmm. So like, oh, we're talking about fruit of the spirit. Uh, Have you got anything? Yeah, I've actually got something that falls into that category. You want me to perform it before the sermon? And yeah, yeah. And so I would do stuff like that. That's really cool. So it started working its way in. Okay. Yeah, this is all kinds of weird stuff. The magic world is an interesting, <laughs> interesting world. And I was in heavy with a lot for a long time. And I really, really enjoy that. I miss that, actually. I really miss being yeah. a part of those groups. But thanks to like Facebook and, and the, the pandemic, actually, I've reconnected with all those guys and been oh, able really? to join and watch some of the stuff from back homes meetings through, uh, through uh, the Internet and Zoom. That's awesome. Yeah, That's it's really, really cool. cool. Yeah, it's been neat. Professor Gates, I could sit and talk to you for hours and hours on end. Yeah, well, I get paid to talk every day, so well, it's easy. You, there you go. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and I get paid to listen. No, Actually, well, no, I pay to listen. That's, you pay to listen. Really, it's really, totally different. You're getting really, hosed yeah. in this deal. Yep. Um, but thank you so much for coming on to the podcast uh-huh, no today. Problem. And um, for you listening, you can you know, always seek Gates out. and. Oh, yeah. Come by my office. Yeah. I'm there. Yep. I'm there. I hang out. Always. There for a good conversation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm a talker. Yeah, good, good, fun conversation. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. I had fun. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Faith Friday podcast. Stay safe. Have a great weekend, and thank God for Jesus.